Good day, fellow Shiro's. I'm your host, April Bouchard. Welcome to season two of Shiro's Unleashed. So happy to be here. And I have a special, special guest today. She's a very good friend of mine and somebody that I collaborate with on a regular basis. We are here today with Tanya Douglas. She is a dual business owner here in Okotoks. She owns uh, Pure Envy Salon and Spa, I believe. Is it Salon and Spa? I'll, I'll correct. It is, yeah. It is, okay. Here <laughs> in May Salon and Spa, and uh, also owns the speakeasy called Salute, where I spend a lot of my time, because it's <laughs> it's very nice little ambiance place, and, you know, it's just fun. So, uh, hello, Tanya. How are you doing today? I'm good, honey. And you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. I know you're a crazy busy lady. Ladies out there, this woman owns two businesses. She also has children. <laughs> they're not young children. <laughs> However, <laughs> they're still children and they require assistance at, you know, a given time. So she is extremely busy and it's amazing because on top of doing all of those things just regularly, she's a, an amazing uh, pillar in our community here. She supports so many causes and is constantly donating to fundraisers and participating in fundraisers like that. So amazing human being on top of being a very powerful Shiro. So there's a nice little introduction for you. So Tanya, let's talk about, uh, Tanya is actually from the UK. So emigrated here and then is owning two businesses. Like that is just completely fascinating to me. So Tanya, let's talk about your journey as a female entrepreneur. For sure. So I moved over to Canada in 2009 we came straight here to Okotoks, and I just absolutely fell in love with this community. Um, I fell in love with community actually in 2008 when I spent three days here and decided this was the country I wanted to live in. And then when I first came over, I uh, just got a job and worked at a dealership. And I didn't love the job. Um, I wasn't passionate about it. But um, I think what really kicked off my journey to wanting my own business was a couple of things. Uh, one, I wanted to have a business and work in a business that I was passionate about. Um, two, I was working alongside um, a male counterpart who was doing the same job and generating the same income. And our salaries were 30% different, which didn't sit well with me because I was on the lower end of that 30%. Oh, and uh, that makes me so mad. <laughs> yeah, speaking to kind of a lot of people about it, it seemed to be kind of the norm. And then I think the final nail in the coffin, I became pregnant and um, obviously was heading off on maternity leave. And the general manager pulled me in and just asked me what my plans were, et cetera. And I said, well, you know, I'll be taking my maternity leave um, and then plan on coming back. And he was like, oh, but will you? And I said, well, yeah, I did after my son in the UK. I had my, in fact, in the UK at the time, it was only six weeks you got off the maternity leave at 90% pay. And then you went down to something ridiculous like 62 pounds a week, which... I couldn't live on, so I went back to work. And then he turned around and said to me, but this time you're having a girl, so it'll probably be different, won't it? <gasps> oh, my goodness. And I think that was just the final nail for me where I was like, I cannot 
deal with this. I cannot deal with these. Like, you can't ask those questions and you can't assume that because I'm having a girl that I'm going to want to stay at home now instead of when I had my boy. What the heck is that? Where does that even, where does that concept even come from? And why would a person, male or female, think that it's okay to say that? I know, right? And I don't think anyone would ask their male counterparts that. Um, right. So I think that's when the the buzz got into my ear that I wanted to run my own business. Um, I was done working for other people. Um, and so when I went back um, from maternity leave, I did not return there. Um, shocking, I know. But, uh, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I started a job at a pharmacy in um, Oaks Oaks here. And out the back of that pharmacy was some hairdressers that were kind of just using the space back there. And they were about to lose that space because they were changing it and sectioning it off and going to have doctors in there instead, which made sense for the pharmacy, obviously. So I had obviously grown and got a relationship um, with one in particular hairdresser in there. And I said, you know, well, what about if we open up a salon? And so that's how that journey began. I'm a pretty impulsive person, um, which <laughs> I do know that can be you. good <laughs> and can be bad. On this occasion, it turned out to be good. Um, we found premises. We turned it around. We got keys in 2013 on September 1st. And then by October 1st, doors were open. And Ooh. part of that whole journey was I realized that a lot of people, customers were coming to them for their hair, and then they were going somewhere else to get their nails done. Then they were going somewhere else to get a massage. So I decided to put all of that into one business. So you can come and get your hair done. You can also um, go and get, sorry, someone was trying to come on my phone then, <laughs> my business partner. <laughs> Um, and you can get your hair done, you can get your nails done, you can get a massage from our registered massage therapist. And that's really how that first business grew. Let me tell you, Shiro's community, this woman does not mess around. (laughs) (laughs) Never. She doesn't mess around with anything. Like opening a salon business, even if it's just a salon and not the spa part, that takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. So to turn that around in one month, that just gives you an idea of how she does. Like, if I want something done quick, I call her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was definitely told that that wasn't possible. And I respectfully said, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You do that with everything. That's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, I have to say, I'm pretty impulsive. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. Thankfully, most of the time it works out for me. <laughs> Okay, so you did Pure Envy, and then you expanded Pure Envy in a very short period of time. Yeah, so um, I rented space initially just to make sure the concept was good and that we were going to get the business. And then I, right at the beginning, I decided, like, I signed a five-year lease, uh, give it a good go, and then after five years, we were either going to be in a position to be able to buy the next premises so that I had a bit of a pension kind of thing because mm-hmm. you don't obviously get a traditional pension in this world of entrepreneurship. We do not. And thankfully, we were successful. And after five years, we looked around, found the location, purchased it um, with the help of the bank. 
And then, although most traditional banks, unfortunately, would not look at me, um, and I'm an avid watcher of um, Dragon's Den, and I kept seeing BDC um, advertise. It was one of their sponsors. And so I approached BDC, which works with small businesses. Business and Development they Canada. Were able... Business Development Bank. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. For those of you that aren't uh, familiar with that, it's Business Development <laughs> Bank of Canada. Yeah, and approached them, um, got approved for the mortgage, put our deposit down, and now we own, well, BDC still owns a big chunk of that. <laughs> but uh, we're, we're now in a position where I'm paying a mortgage and not somebody's retirement plan that isn't mine. Oh, hallelujah. Love it. Yes. So yeah. Um, we have um, 10 people up there now. We've got eight stylists. Um, we have a registered massage therapist, and then we have an esthetician as well, and she does the facials and manicures and pedicures, and then I still am involved in the business in a treatment room, and they do all the waxing and lasering, and if you're in pain, you're probably in my room, but I promise you it's worth it in the end. <laughs> She's very good at what she does. And I go there for yeah. most all of the services, and every single person in that salon is extremely talented, and it's a very lovely place to visit. So you should do that. Yeah, I've been extremely lucky with the people that I work with. I work with a whole bunch of kick-ass women that are entrepreneurs themselves, um, and I wanted to create that safe space for them to have a business within a business, and that's how we formatted um, so we kind of pulled away from that traditional, you're an employee, and everybody is their own boss within the business, and it works really well for us. It really does. It's the, cha the whole chair rent thing is just a fabulous idea because there's many reasons why, but it, it empowers other females to be their own boss, and you're giving them the space to do that, so that is spoken like a true shiro. So thank you for that. Thank you for providing that to the people in our community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it works for both sides. Um, you know, you don't earn quite as much from a stylist that way, but I find the long-term jeopardy of keeping that stylist because they're able to earn their worth is, is worth it to me. Absolutely. I agree. hundred percent. Okay, so that's your pure envy journey, and then yes. let's talk about the salute journey because that that one is—I mean, your whole journey is really interesting. But this, I sat there and watched her, and I'm like, "How is she even doing that?" Because <laughs> it's just crazy. Because you, you know, you work in the salon during the day, and Speakeasy Salute is a entertainment and cocktail establishment. So now you're working at night. So tell me about that journey and where that came from. Um, well, that was my COVID baby. Oh, so when they were shutting down the businesses, um, as I'm sure most people are aware, hair salon was top of that shutting down mm -hmm. um, each time for some reason. Um, so I don't do well sitting around. And honestly, I'd thought about how much I missed a cocktail bar for the last kind of two, three years prior to opening up Salute. And I spoke to many people and told them they should open up the bar because I would have been quite happy sitting the other side of the bar <laughs> and just enjoying the cocktails that I was missing. Um, so living 
in the UK um, we're very kind of socialized around bars and pubs and you know that's how you grow up and that's how you socialize in your teens and in your 20s and I really didn't like when you when I came over here that was probably the one thing I really missed because you have servers over here you you go out and you don't necessarily um, meet new people because you're sat at that table with the people that you went out with and the server comes over to you. Whereas in the UK, it sounds like people, obviously you go up to the bar and when you stood at the bar waiting for people, that's how you kind of, you know, socialize, meet new people, you end up chatting. Um, and that was kind of the atmosphere that I was missing and I spoke to many people trying to persuade them that they should open up just a little kind of smaller more intimate bar and nobody did <laughs> so when they shut my business down I was like that's it There's, I can't sit around waiting for whatever is going to or not going to happen with COVID so I started looking around and found premises in mm. December in 2020 and um, it was a great time to negotiate rates because it was COVID um, retail spaces were standing empty landlords didn't know when their next income was coming in um, so even though it was like a really risky time to open up a bar um, it was also a really good time if that makes sense because you're were able to negotiate really good rates on kitchen equipment and, you know, the building itself, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we finalized that, um, got the keys in December. The landlord had to bring a few things up to code. So unfortunately, we didn't really get pre-range of the building until just after the beginning of February. And then in my true one-month turnaround, we managed to, with a abundance of help from local plumbers and electricians, um, get everything done and organized. And we opened up on St. Paddy's Day, which is March 17th in 2021. What a great and, day to open a bar. Dang. Yeah, well, nice. I figured I wouldn't forget that date that way. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Oh, I don't think you'd forget it anyways, but yeah, I can see. Yeah. That's, that's good. Awesome. Yeah, so I thought St. Paddy's Day is a great celebration. All the Irish come out and they're drinking and we opened up and then promptly got shut down three weeks later um, because oh. of COVID. Wow. And we got um, told that we could only do outdoor dining, if you recall back then. I do recall that. So, yes. yeah, so at that time we... We hadn't really got to the outside part. Um, Okotoks didn't even really have outside dining available, but um, the Okotoks town rallied and gave permission for businesses to have an outside patio space. But having just spent all of this money, yeah. obviously renovating without an income coming in, it was a tough time to then, you know, think about actually spending money on extra stuff in patios. So I received an email one day from Leanne, which is RJ, our MLA's wife, mm -hmm. and she was asking if we had any patio furniture, and I thought she was just trying to book a table. So I was like, we don't at the moment. I was like, but, you know, we're 
we're considering if it's a nice day, just taking the furniture outside, the tables we have, and booking um, people into them. And she was like, oh, no, I, I don't need to book a table. I have tables for you. And I guess she had rallied round with a group of female um, business women and like-minded women in the community. They had all put in the money for the wood and a local company made those picnic tables for us. And then they organized a trailer and had them delivered for us. So it was just such an amazing, warm feeling that we had only been open a few weeks and there was people out there already wanting us to succeed and be supportive. Holy cow. What a great story. I didn't even yeah. I didn't know that part. So that's so shout out to Leanne Sigurdsson. Thank you for helping. Hey. Salute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she rallied around and there was I mean, the list goes on, but there was a lot of people behind that and yeah, it was just amazing. That's great. Love that. What a great story. Yeah, they were, as I say, I was super surprised and I'm normally on the other side of the helping people, so it was a weird position to be in for me. Um, We made a decision with Pure Envy right at the beginning that, you know, the town that we live in is supporting us and so we were going to support them in turn. So in terms of like marketing, strategies, etc., we made sure our dollars stayed within the town. So a lot of that is silent auctions for the, you know, the kids teams or the adults teams and it's always been a great kind of feeling for the girls and I at Pure Envy to be able to give back to the community like that. Mm-hmm. Um Right from the beginning, once a year, we have this huge raffle prize. I think you're familiar with it. But we give away an entire year's worth of spa treatments. And then with the tickets that people buy from that, we give that to a local charity. Um, So we've done many, many different charities. But this year, we gave a $2,000 grant to... um, Foothills Composite High School for them to give away to students that uh, may not get the traditional grants that's available. Okay, so kind of like a scholarship. Yeah, okay. yeah, I guess, yeah, it's a scholarship because there's obviously no requirement to pay it back and um, they set the criteria at the comp and I believe they chose two people in the end as the recipients of that, so they'll both be getting $1,000 each in October, I believe. When they come back for that for further education, and yes, ladies, you heard that correctly. It is a full year of treatments, a full year. Yeah. I actually know a person who won it, and they've really been enjoying oh, really? it. Really? <laughs> yes. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's normally a pretty good. We do the draw on New Year's Eve, so it's a really uh, Christmas Eve. Sorry, so it's a really good kind of Christmas present for the start of a new year for somebody. I definitely enjoy making those phone calls. I bet. It's like, Merry Christmas. Your hair and stuff isn't going to cost you anything for the next year. <laughs> right? That's lovely. <laughs> I would love yeah, to get that phone call. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe one year. Keep buying those tickets. Oh, I will. <laughs> I will, absolutely. I, we're bo- Tanya and I are both very passionate about supporting our community, so we always are piggybacking each other on concepts and things that we do and fundraising and I always I can always count on her to help so I just want to make that known thank you 
I appreciate you. And likewise, <laughs> April is my savior, people. I'm telling you, she's my savior. <laughs> I did get her butt out of the sling a little bit, but that's okay. I, I am more than happy to do that for you because, you know, that's what I do. Um, okay, right? so fast forwarding through, so you got through the COVID thing with some help with the community. And then what did that look like after? Like how long were you guys shut down? And then how did it get from there to where you are today? Um, so I honestly cannot remember how long, like the longest period was. I think the longest period was like a month that they had us closed down, like as in zero, no patio, no nothing. Um, and during that time we had to pivot. I mean, we still had all the bills to pay. So we actually started doing, um, takeout services and I wasn't sure that that would really land because we do a lot of charcuterie. Um, and it turned out to be really successful and we still do a ton of takeout for charcuterie. People were coming and picking it up because they were going out for picnics or just trying to get out and get some fresh air because, you know, everything was locked down. Um, so that was like a really one of those things where people say, you know, that was the best thing that came out of COVID for us because we found this new revenue that we never knew we had and would never have really thought about had we not had to sit there and go right we still have bills to pay thank you government for saying you can divert everything for 90 days but in 90 days i still have no income and those bills are now just piled up <laughs> so you're so, full of crap pretty much <laughs> yeah right yeah like, fundamentally yes that's what i'm saying <laughs> but we're on a podcast so I'll keep it unapologetically you're full of crap yeah yeah, yeah exactly um so, I mean, as far as pure envy, it was great because I did have my own mortgage. I, I, it was a lot easier for me to deal with that versus dealing with a landlord. Um, but obviously here we had to pivot. We can't, you know, sell cocktails, which is, you know, fundamentally our biggest part of our menu. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yes, we could do wine by the bottle, but why wouldn't you just get that from your liquor store versus, you know, getting it from us so we had to look at what we could do and the charcuterie was super popular and remains really popular for people to pick up I mean we're right opposite Hubtown on Elizabeth Street and obviously Lisa and Mark don't have kitchen facilities over there but they have that huge patio so we found you know a fair few people will also order when they were over at Hubtown because we were nice literally across the street they'd come pick it up and they could sit and have food and their beers out on the um, patio there. Okay. So we definitely had an extra revenue that we weren't expecting. And you and likely then, wouldn't have gone, you likely wouldn't, wouldn't have explored that avenue had you not had to. Is that, do I understand no, that? No, I, yeah, I don't think I would. I just, I think in my mind, like takeout prior to COVID was just like pizza and Chinese um, and Oprah and, you know, places like that it really wasn't us like the bars and the restaurants and you know skip the dishes kind of like came into play during that time as well yeah. and I know as a kind of you know as a business owner I kind of avoided skip the dishes and I would phone the restaurants directly myself yeah um 
and you know we made it a thing that we would eat out and or not eat out but order out once a week as well and I think a lot of people felt if they were in that position and were able to they were going to support local businesses and order you know once twice a week whatever that financially looked like for that particular family um and yeah so we found we were getting these takeout orders um and then mother's day was suddenly upon us so we were like wow maybe you know people would like this charcuterie box with a bottle of you know something and we had a huge response to that as well i mean honestly that really helped us um in mother's day and we ended up doing deliveries and delivering those mother's day boxes um my son went out and delivered them all with his friends and he said, you know, it was amazing feeling just all these happy people coming to the front door and a lot of them didn't know they were getting that as a surprise from their family. So Oh, how lovely. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's great. Yeah, it was super cute and um yeah, so it and the takeout side of it stayed and then I found after COVID, people really changed how they were spending their money. Oh yes. Um and that's really for us when we started to introduce more entertainment at our bar um so we were doing trivia before and had musicians come in etc but i found afterwards musicians had kind of diverted and they were harder to get hold of oh yes um certainly for us in a smaller space where we you know we can't fit a band in here it's honestly you know we're we're a 40 50 people bar and that's it um, so we were doing the trivia nights, which, um, was super fun and successful. So we do trivia the first Tuesday of the month, and then we do a music, um, name that tune on the last Tuesday of the month. And then we also introduced, um, drag shows, which was pretty controversial at the beginning. Um, I'm from London, so I didn't really understand, um, the controversy around it. And, um, but I was like, nope, we're going to go, go ahead. I've seen so many drag shows in Soho in London and they're just so funny and it's just pure fun and entertainment. Um, and so I knew Tom, um, who had just recently become birthday girl as his drag act name. Yes. And I spoke to him about what type of shows um I went to see in London, how they were formatted. It was really a produced show and it was very much about the comedy. And he just hit it out the park. He really um did. yeah, I <laughs> mean you've been to the shows. Anybody who hasn't been to the show, get yourself tickets. You need to go to get the show. them early. <laughs> because they always sell out and clearly Okotoks was ready for drag because that is our most successful entertainment that we do um, is the drag show. And that's always the first Saturday of every month. Um, and they're normally sold out a couple of months ahead of time as well. Um, and then on the back of that, I introduced drag bingo. And so the last Thursday of every month we have drag bingo and that has become a roaring success as well again it's so much fun (laughs) yeah it's just light fun comedy and that's purely what drag is and i think anybody who thinks otherwise probably hasn't been to a show or doesn't quite understand that world um but it is just hilarious it's just fun entertainment 
It really is. I mean, it, if you're looking for a good time and you want to have some laughs, and hey, if you enjoy bingo, why why right? not, right? Like it was, we've gone a, quite a few times and it's it's super fun. And I want to add this part too, that all the prizes for bingo, all of these bingos are purchased locally. So that's just they, another uh, thing that they do to support their uh, other businesses in the community. So it's it's just awesome. Yeah, we absolutely. We made that decision at the time that we would buy all local prizes all at full retail price as well we don't ask for discounts um from any of the businesses that we buy our drag bingo prizes from and um we use Createek, we use main street market um the gem store just you know those more unique boutique type places um but yes we could probably get bigger prizes if we went to these big box stores but that's not what we're about as a community. And so we're certainly not going to advertise that side of it either. They they get enough business. Honestly, I had to run into the shopping mall to pick up my wedding rings that have been sent off for repair. Um, and it just broke my heart how busy it was. Oh. Um, and then you hear so many, like we get a lot of entrepreneurs come into the bar because like myself, well, you know, when we've been for lunch and I've said, you need to pick one of these three places because they're independent. Yep. <laughs> she has said that. Versus and yes, going, you're right. You're right. Yep. Versus going to these bigger bars, right? And um, it was just so busy in there. And I was just like, man, all these entrepreneurs are coming in. I just, I've had three different conversations alone this week in the bar where people are like, it's so slow. I don't know what to do. Like uh, this February has been terrible. And then we've got the government throwing it down everybody's throat, that they should have dry January, which is now extended to dry February. And you know what? We do amazing mocktails. So just come out anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure they'll give you a nice tea or a water if you ask for it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can make pretty much anything a mocktail. Um, I mean, a martini might be hard. You're just drinking olive juice at that point. But. <laughs> and pure honesty. Another thing I love about Miss Tanya Douglas. <laughs> um, yeah. I, speaking to the, the business part of this, like I have had some conversations too with entrepreneurs in this area and, and other people that I've spoken to that are, you know, in the bigger metropolis. But so many of these small businesses are making the choice right now. They're either, okay, am I going to, put my butt in a sling and try and make this happen for another two months or am I shutting down? And we have seen a lot shutting down. So I love if people can just get in the mindset of supporting those local businesses in any possible way that you can, that you're supporting not just a business, you're supporting an entrepreneur, you're supporting who probably has a family or a spouse uh, who has children perhaps that play sports uh, those kind that's what you're supporting when you support a small business as opposed Absolutely. to supporting Walmart who I mean yeah. they give back to the community but it's it's different right like we need to really rally together and support these people that are trying to get through this and it's happening everywhere Absolutely I mean you know I've been back to Europe to visit family and friends and I, I've seen the devastation probably more so there in some of the local shopping areas that are similar to Okotoks, you know, smaller town by smaller town in the UK. I mean, a hundred thousand people, but that's a you small town. Walk, Good Lord. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you go to the countryside anyway. Um, but yeah, and there are business after business after business that is closed and, you know, all you have left is the bigger box stores. And I know sometimes everybody's financial situation is different. So, you know, you have to do what's right for you and your family first and foremost. But if you have the ability to go out and support that smaller business over the larger businesses, then I, I beg everybody to do that. I mean, we like you said, we have lost several businesses in Okotoks already. And unless you want to do the walk that I did most recently when going back to the UK and just saw empty shop after empty shop, it was just awful. Just awful where That's these smaller feeling. businesses, yeah, just didn't have that big box financial backing and just had to close their doors or they are open but then people are getting mad because they're short-staffed but they're short-staffed because they can't afford you know to pay for more staff because sometimes it's busy and sometimes it's not and you as an entrepreneur are sat there when it is quiet just being like that cost me more to open my doors today than I earned and now where am I going to find that money from and that is also a very shitty feeling when you're having that thought process yeah. as an entrepreneur, like, oh my goodness, I just watched money fly out the window today. And it happens. It happens. It's the reality yeah. of being a business owner. But when you have to look at that conversation almost every day with yourself, it's extremely stressful. And you do. And I mean, you want to pay your staff well. You know, we pride ourselves on paying us over a minimum wage. But we also have that responsibility. You know, they need a certain amount of hours and you don't want to lose good staff because you can't give them those hours but then you know you can sit here sometimes and you've only had two three tables in all night and you're just like wow what am I gonna do yeah, yeah it's it is that reality right and and yeah people are having those conversations with themselves I'm sure on the daily right just what the heck am I gonna do to make this work so again yeah. Please support local if you can. We have so many wonderful little businesses in this community. I'm not going to start listing them off because I could go on forever. But find just find somewhere that you can find something that you love and support that small local business over the big box stores. They need us. They need us right now, and they're going to need us for a long time. Yes. Yeah, if we want to have that variety and have those like little unique places, and something that's not the norm and that you're treated as, you know, a friend when you walk in through the door versus just a, another customer that's bugging me in those bigger places, then support the local ones first. They're, they're going to treat you like royalty because they need you. Absolutely. And it's the whole, like, you know, circle goes around. It will come back to you. Because if you support local, yeah. they, people know that you support local, right? And that's that's good for you as yeah. a person. It's good for you as a business. It's just good. And it just makes everybody feel good. And we want to keep our community vibrant, right? There's plenty of ways that we can do that. But the businesses need to survive. That's Absolutely. And I mean, the way to successfully rebuild anything after such a devastation of COVID is start with your local area, support every possible local thing that you can, because then if everybody does that in their cities and their small towns, then that's how those towns and small cities are going to bounce back by supporting each other. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And then again, it's going to come back to you twofold. So it's, it's mm. just good for everybody. 
So, okay. Absolutely. I don't want to take up too, too much more of your time because I know how crazy busy you are. I want to... What? I got <laughs> nothing going on. What are you chatting about? <laughs> yeah, this, this woman runs like nobody I've ever seen. It's incredible. So... <laughs> Tell me what, or share with the Shiro's community, I suppose, what your biggest challenge is being a dual business owner. Um, I think always the biggest challenge is the balance in life. Um, and that is possibly my biggest failure, um, is trying to get that balance right in life. I think you become so consumed sometimes with your business um, that you forget about friends and family and just how important it is to have that time away from the business. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson that I've ever learned is, and I still still fail at it. I still try really hard, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still something that I struggle with. So that's my biggest challenge is there's just not enough of the hours and me to do everything that I think I can do in my mind yeah we need two we need a clone and we need 48 hours in a day at least yeah right? I mean if they could just extend all this daylight saving <laughs> never mind that crap if you could just like add a few hours onto the day that would be far more useful <laughs> for entrepreneurs. Okay. <laughs> so if you could if you could give a little piece of advice or, or two on the work-life balance what would you tell a fellow entrepreneur um I would say that you know when you go into business Honestly, you need to sit down with your family and make sure that they're going to be supportive of the situation because as much as you want to, you know, say that I'm going to get this balance down and I'm going to give just as much as I give now, it's not going to happen in my experience anyway um, when it's a smaller kind of business. Maybe that's different if you have a lot more kind of money and backing and stuff like that, but I've bootlegged both businesses, so you know from from that point of view it's it's make sure they're okay with it um and even if they are okay with it there may be times when they're not and that's just gonna have to be another conversation at the time and just really try and get that balance right and whatever time you do have make it count with your family oh absolutely and self-care too like we it, i know how it sounds because you're like holy cow how am i supposed to fit all this in but you have to yeah. you have to look after your family and you have to look after yourself. If you burn out and you're done, then what? Well, and that's it, right? Especially in these smaller businesses. I mean, you know, I've my husband and son went away to Italy this week and then my daughter promptly got ill on Monday and then I had a big private event here Monday night and I was like, oh, I want to love you, but please don't give this to me because I don't have time for it. <laughs> <laughs> Time so for like, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm hugging you, but if you could just tilt your head down and don't <laughs> breathe on me, um, that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> love you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Here's a, here's a tissue. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, do you have anything further else that you would like to add? Uh, something that you can share, or do, do you want to shout out to your business? Anything you'd like to do to um, you know what? I want to shout out to everybody who runs the businesses with me because honestly, without them, you have nothing. Um, I'm 
so supported in both businesses. I have amazing people that work here at the bar and I have amazing people that work at the salon. And I honestly could not do what I do without them. Even yourself, you know how much, you know, footwork and everything like that. I, I could not do what I do without the support of you guys and everyone around me. Oh, I love that. Thank you for picking that. That's great. I love that. And yeah. yes, her staff is absolutely amazing on both ends. They really are, aren't and they? You, got, you hit the oh, jackpot okay. on the staff thing. I mean, I'm sure you had something to do with that in your choice making, but <laughs> it's it's fascinating. I'm like, damn, they're just all good. And that's really, that doesn't ever happen. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm, I don't know what I did in the universe, but I'm so grateful. <laughs> well, you're pretty, you're pretty amazing human. So just so you know, everybody, and Tanya supports all of the community movements, um, especially the ones that I'm involved in and uh, anybody else. If you, if you ask her and she has the time or the ability to help, she will. So. Absolutely. Everyone always hit me up. Yeah. I will do my <laughs> I best. Say, she might be a little busy for time-wise, but, you know. <laughs> but there's two, you know, there's so many different giving, right? Like there's you give your time, you give your money, or you give your service. Like, And if everybody took that stance on whatever they could do, we need all of those people in life. We need the people that give the service. We need them in time, and we need the people that are going to give financially. So 100%. just anyone who can do it do it that's great okay great so we're gonna wrap this up so we can get uh let tanya get back to her extremely crazy life so <laughs> i am thank I'm you to laser some hair off people actually <laughs> oh oh that's great that's gonna be a great way to end off your day <laughs> so i just want to say thank you so much for taking time out to you know have a chat with us and share your journey with uh the Shiro's community and uh, I will be speaking to you later today and tomorrow. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for persuading me to do something totally out of my comfort zone. So love you. You did great. <laughs> you did great. You just, we just had a conversation like we do when we have lunch. It's all good. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> have done it with anyone else other than you. So thank, thank you. you, honey. I feel special. <laughs>